Welcome to episode 262 of Spike Drop. We're here to talk about Loud winning the Valorant Champions that just happened like three hours ago. Oh my god, Brazil. Holy shit. Let's go, baby. Um, I only watched one map. Shit happened. Woo! Was it Poggers? Isn't that the recap? People were like, hey, guys, you guys got to do a tournament recap? I'm like, yeah, we are. We just wanted to wait till the, yeah, the finals are done, done in Istanbul. Come it wasn't on. done yet, guys. It wasn't done. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Is that good enough for you, Yeska? Yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed that. Like we for for those not in the in the know, like five seconds before hitting record, I I taunted Avril into debating, and then Avril said, "I'm not going to debate, therefore debate you." And then he debated me, and therefore I'm on level three debated right now. Yeah. <laughs> I also want you to know that I wasn't going to do anything. I was just going to do a regular intro until you like you prompted me. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Uh, no, I, I have think to. of something in five seconds. I'm going to think of something yeah. in five seconds. So I literally thought of something in five seconds and just went with it. Based. That's Based. what I thought of. That's what I thought of. Um, all right. Well, from the golden carpet to whatever this is online, uh, it's 262 of TCP. Now, we didn't get to talk about Summer Showdown in our last episode because. Big Boy Overwatch 2 news came out, and it's like, well, you kind of talk, you kind of have to talk about that, right? And if you're going to talk about that, hard to bundle that up with a recap episode at the same time, because uh, it'll either be a five hour long podcast episode, or you're not going to talk about either for long enough. Even though, as I'm sure you'll see in the uh, timestamps below, this is probably not a super long episode. I say that as I'm about to curse us into another four hour podcast on this. We'll see. We'll figure it out as we go along. Um... <laughs> Don't we are it. gonna skip. We are gonna skip drama today. So, I uh, decided to just, just just kind of bank up and save the drama for this upcoming week's normal episode. So, yes, we are aware uh, the new Spark signings, Piggy Charge, No Hills, Departed Valley, blah, 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 all of that. We we know all of that. Uh, we just we're gonna we're gonna save that for the normal episode coming up. Um, sure, there'll be plenty to bundle that with, and, and who knows? Maybe there'll be a couple more changes as we start to head into. Um, Count Delco proper and see if you know there's there's some more news along the way before we get into you know talking about uh, the next tournament. But while we got a little bit of time, you know, we this is probably the last chance to talk about Summer Showdown. Um, two winners, two regional winners, East and West, and we had a live event in Toronto, of which uh, Joe definitely went to, and. All looked pretty good. So, any yeah. further intros before we kick it off? I'll say this: um, I was not there. Um, Damn, I know some people who were. Um, but even even with not being there, this only furthers my kind of indignation and opinion. That Overwatch is built, Overwatch 2 specifically, built is built to be in a live capacity. Um, I know that May... Is that all esports, though? I think it is. But I think that's not fair to say, because I know that, obviously, like, the meme, like, Valorant, I get it, like, Counter-Strike as well as, like, an incredible viewing and expectant experience. But... Like, every, like every, you know what I'm saying, that Every esport yeah. is better live, though, right? It is, I think we're in a weird 
we're in a weird parallel world where now I'm going to like both criticize and defend the geolocation franchise model because while it the execution was faulty, what it did do was create very fervent and passionate fans day one. When you when you live in the states and you kind of have that home team, you're gonna show up. You're gonna show out. Like you don't need you don't care what player is there. Like because it's your home base, that's that's your home team. Like yeah. people are are you know very passionate about showing up for that. Um, so I think we're in a very odd ethereal place. As I pull out my microphone, um, we're in an odd ethereal place where that was ethereal and odd. <laughs> odd is for sure. Um, where you can have a, a heightened experience because of you know both like having home teams and home rivals. I think we are getting to that point where we can kind of talk about some of these teams as being rivals to these other teams. And that isn't just like a forced narrative. It's like, herdy dur, we're the gladiators and the valiant, but we have no beef. And like, just because we're in the same place, like it's just, it's a natural thing, but it doesn't like feel that way. It's grown into that. You have like the Canadian teams kind of backing each other, which is really cool to see. Um, and it's, and it's, it's dope. I don't know. I, I, I really feel passionate about like having live events really return um yeah. so much so that i think like maybe maybe a studio maybe a studio should be in the cards for overwatch 2 i don't know i haven't really thought too much on that but uh toronto was really dope to watch as much as maybe the meta wasn't uh as as great as we would have hoped yeah i also think like it's it's really cool for toronto that they had their best tournament showing ever in front of their home crowd um played very good overwatch there um, and I think that that's nice to see. I think there's there's something to be figured out. Uh, like, of course, I don't know the financials uh, there. Unfortunately, like the, the situation of having to broadcast at 3 p.m. local on a Thursday is probably not going to get your stadium filled to the brim uh, for those days. Maybe there's a workaround for that. But yeah, generally speaking, I think this was a success. Uh, I hope to, to find can also find that that were, there were some financial justifications given behind uh, you know hosting homestands because I, I know like that it's really hard to become profitable with these and then you got to factor in you know the loyalty that you're building and the type of uh, you know brand adhesion that you're building mm -hmm. um, which has to be factored in but I think overall. Like Toronto, Toronto were a great host. Uh, in in general, I also thought like some of the criticism around like what kind of uh, practice environments these players were in. You guys don't know. Like this is really like it was entirely okay. It's it was even entirely okay well, the for other. Setup. Yeah, it was even. I, I mean, bathroom. It's a it, you know, it's it's where professional sports. What's it called? The um. It's not the bathroom, right? It's the room where the teams go to uh, locker room, right? They were locker uh -huh. rooms. So, you know, other uh, esports had these situations before where you just set up, you know, workstations in the locker room. Of course, like there, there's other 
stuff that I heard behind the scenes, but I mean, all in all, it logistically worked out. Um, all of these will always have some issue in terms of like the amount of PPAs that you have, uh, accommodations, you know, like internet connections, uh, making sure everyone shows up for practice. Like it's it you're on the road. It's not going to be an ideal scenario as if you were at home, but you know that some some things have to give in order to make this uh, possible. I think, like for instance, once again, I found casters like uh, Uber absolutely feed off the crowd and uh, make it a different experience when when they can you know soak up the atmosphere of a stadium, especially like for when casting home teams. And I, I'm sure also it's it's a good experience for all the new casters that maybe haven't casted arenas of that size. So all in all, like there, there's a lot of value being created that doesn't necessarily probably directly translate into dollars, but it just enhances the experience, right? It's a good optic look. I mean, like in terms of uh, ironic because optic lost, but no, it's a good look in terms of optics where. Um, you know, people want to be part of esports when things are cool. People want to be. People want to trend up with your, with whatever's cool and what with whatever, you know, um, is popular. And so, yes, uh, you know, it, it's just a, it's just. I don't again. I don't know the financials behind it either, but if it looks good and people are happy with it and it makes people excited and makes people want to be part of the esports, that's only a positive thing. Um, yep. Do we know? Do we know? Details on ticket sales because I know Kickoff Clash sold out for uh, for Dallas in Arlington. Mm -hmm. Good question. I don't know. Not sure. I think so also I like, I'd be I'd, I'd be curious because like I, I wonder if Dallas made much if 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 they you know broke even or made a profit off their event because they did sell out apparently. So I mean they are hosting in the next uh, Dallas against Houston match online, right? Like yeah. As so that's happening in the regular season, I believe the Battle of Texas. So I assume, like, yeah. even if they weren't directly making money, they have some reason to further pursue this and create more of the brand there. So, like, you wouldn't right. you wouldn't do this if you didn't believe it was going to give you some benefit, right? Yeah. So whether they're making a a profit or a loss here, they are clearly motivated to do more events. Yes. Um, and they and yeah, Eric is bringing up they're getting time and Mickey in. Mm -hmm. So I mean, shit, they're, oh, they're definitely investing down. into the event. Type. Um, see, Joe, no, you have to go to an event. You have to go to at least one. They're bringing. Oh, I mean, I, <laughs> I've so, been, I've been to a live Overwatch event, and I plan on going to finals. Um, you know, pending what you know those details look like. Um, it's it's kind of my excuse to kind of go out and actually like socialize for you know. Right. weekend so well, here's a here's a leak for you chris chung revealed at the uh shock event that it's somewhere uh, in california so there you go enjoy that joe enjoy uh, that little information nice sir uh, no don't thank me thank you thank chris chung so thank you captain chung um everyone's like who's chris chung's like he's actually the gm of the shock like <laughs> see I, I told you most of you don't even know who the gm of the shock is it's not <laughs> andy miller <Dear. laughs> it's not Corey. Chris Chung is the GM of the Shock. Now you know. Oh. Five years later. Um, all right, we're happy with that. Yeah. Let's move on to the. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into the actual episode. Two 
62, brought to you by Avila Vista Bebe, Battlecrab, Refine B, Bronze Bot Buhawk, Picasso, Chris R34444, Cash67, Lolshin, Porkshop, Sammy, Rexame, and Volamel Smooth Nuts, with YouTube members I, Sam Jello, William, Jesse, Vishman, Fireman6, Akan, Chris R. Uh, since we're already kind of talking about Toronto, let's kind of dive into Toronto being the event. We're going to talk about the team as well in a second. Let's talk to talk about the uh the actual tournament itself now kind of like uh how that all went down so looking at the west side of things come on let's just start on day one uh we don't have to go through every single game but it's more so just a feel for how each day went or any specific games you guys want to touch up on i'll start on day one what a surprising match number one dallas versus washington went the full five and you know what Washington got reverse swept again. I just saw a really interesting stat line. Uh, someone on someone on Reddit brought this up, and someone who's done a really good job of collating this, these statistics. But Washington is currently the team in 2022 with the highest amount of games matches where they have been reverse swept by the other team, where they've been the victim of a reverse sweep. Hmm. Um, really? After that, it's like after yeah. After that, it's like gladiators and Fusion, and I think one or two other teams tied second, so of course Fusion's second place even in being reverse swept. <laughs> um, can't help it, can they? They just gotta, they gotta keep the narrative going. Um, but yeah, Washington have been reverse swept three times and a bunch of teams at two and then some at one. So, but it's, it's wild that, uh, again, probably you'd say the one of the bottom two teams from NA going to the event came close to almost beating the champion. I mean, fuck it. Washington took more maps yeah, more games than, than the Shocks else. did. Yeah. Forget, they, anybody, forget anybody else. I'm just just even singling yeah. out the Shock. But yeah, that's true. Because the only other team that played Dallas was London, who took one. Washington yeah. took two. London took one. Shock took zero off of Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> the team that nearly beat the Fuel was the Justice. What? And, and kind <laughs> of going on there? recall back to like the start of this meta and like the big, like shocking, like three minute push, just stalemate between Justice and shock right i think past that point justice was like very much i'm gonna i'm gonna refer to it this way like buying into like the dallas train of thought where it was like we need to take aggressive like neutral fights we want to try to get ahead of the tempo we want to try to set the tempo and like get this snowball moving across the board you look at their control games like assassin flying off the top ropes just diving into these teams and then his team following up behind him in these neutral fights without any kind of like win condition which i thought was really really like it stood out like a sore thumb when you when compared to the shock that was a lot more methodical focusing on rotations toronto i thought as well very like positionally focused that tried to take these neutral fights with a little bit more grace tried to be a little bit more soft about it whereas justice in dallas we're like leading the are charge you, and just like pounding, like battering are saying, rams. Are you saying that the way to victory is to smork really hard? I think just, that's just I th booga booga <laughs> smorking to the other team. I think there is some zug zug me go face in Overwatch, and I think there hat like that is a like prevailing thought. Um, going all the way back to goats, that it's like passive Overwatch, slow Overwatch is just so hard to do. That as long as all five fingers are like doing a mistake correctly, it usually turns out to be pretty successful. Proactivity is so, so very underrated in this game. And you saw, I think you saw that on display when you look at the Justice in their qualification run and Dallas throughout their entire tournament. They're always trying to take these fights. They're always trying to set the tempo, forcing fights in 
spaces that they're very comfortable with. And and I think when you do that, you end up like forcing a lot of errors. You force out a lot of cooldowns mm. and in metagames like this, you can't really afford to just have a dead dragon blade or a dead blizzard or a dead beat or a dead rally. Like you need all the value that you can get. And I think to me, it was not a surprise to, well, okay, it was mildly surprising to see the justice take them that close, but I, I, I suspected that justice were going to be like underrepresented in terms of like community precedent. And I think like you saw them actually shot and, and do all right for themselves, especially mm. with all that's gone with all the stuff that's gone on. Speaking of deadbeats, no, I'm actually not going to bring up any specific team. I was not going to throw anybody under the bus like that. Um, Good coward. Uh, instead, I'm just going to praise <laughs> Washington Justice for, I don't know, just like performing well above expectations. For a team that like went 0-2, and two, they still lost to both the teams they faced. But then again, they lost to Dallas, who came first. And, Toronto, yeah, and then the home third. team. Um, and I don't think anyone expected them to do anything. Like, I, if uh, you were to name the bottom two teams, you would have said Mayhem and Washington Easy. Yes. Right? That's and, number seven, number eight, no, no particular order, but number seven, number eight, I think, for, for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to Mayhem in a second, because they yes. also kind of outperform that position. Well, yeah. Um, but, man, like, it's, it's not even just a five-mapper versus Dallas. It's the fact they got 2-0 and then forced yeah. Dallas to reverse sweep. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, Washington continue to just be, like, a team that you should count out because they're entirely stripped <laughs> of, like, yeah. everything. Yeah. They, yeah. they have no reason to be good. They have no, I don't know if you're saying they're good. They have no reason to be competitive. And yet, somehow, they, they, will, they will get a 2-0 lead versus Dallas, the best team in the meta. Unbelievable. I can't imagine how any of that yeah. works. Um, can't fault them for losing to Toronto. I mean, yeah. third-place team, home team. Um, Toronto's better equipped. Toronto's a higher budget team. Toronto's just meant to be a better team on paper. They are a better team on paper. They're a better team execution uh, on the day as well. So um, that's a, that's a game that you would have tipped Toronto anyway. So yeah, curious to see how Washington do in future events because I think uh, like if there's a, if there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a time where their lack of flexibility will get punished. Mm-hmm. Countdown Cup and what I project the meta will be moving to that will probably start to really strain their team in terms of the flexibility of each individual member. Gotcha. Um, was there another match on day one anyone wanted to bring up or should we move on to the next day? I, Not particularly. Everything kind of went like at per game script now. No, like, no. Mm, I, I will say it is actually scary how London copy-pasted their... Uh, not so much. Uh, what's the term before? Midseason madness results. Mm-hmm. So they beat the third place team that makes the big run through the lower bracket fa- final, loses to the eventual winners, and then loses to Florida again to flunk out of the tournament. Yeah, another map five. Yes. Was it map five in midseason? Yeah, it's another map five. Dude, I think I figured it out. London is like the bogey team with the Atlanta rain, even though the last time rain did beat them. That's that's fine. T- typically speaking, London have been the bogey team of the rain. But then for whatever reason, Florida, the bogey team of the London Spitfire. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, just yeah. Every time. It's true. Every time. It's true, yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I don't even know why that is, why that seems to be an unfavorable it's matchup. It's hard to say. And it was a reverse sweep as well. Fuck's sake. Yeah. It gets even funnier. I don't know. 
to be fair, like I think for a lot of players at uh, both teams, like was, this was probably their first big LAN. So there's some volatility expected, I guess. In the no, no, Florida, Florida went to KC. Remember, Florida went to Dallas kickoff. Right. True. Yes. They true. did have that. Yeah. Yeah. And London, then, I'll say, it was their first actual LAN. Uh, if you don't count Hawaii, yeah, in front of a crowd. So. And even there, they had some issues, right? Uh, delivery. So my bet. Sorry. Um, but. Yeah. Say, say that all again so I can understand what you just said. He was vaping, audio listeners. You didn't hear him, but he was vaping. He's yeah, smoking that booth vaping. pack, you know. We'll, we'll yeah. get to we'll get to his his comments. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, like uh, London did underperform uh, a little bit or it felt like that uh, during mid-season madness, right? Like if you beat the Atlanta Reign then that assumes like a certain level and then you know, okay, losing against the Shock is all fine even was probably not a bad match there. And then going 3-2 against uh, Florida Mayhem, like, that that felt like... I think they themselves thought they should have done better at midseason. To lose this one again is pretty rough, I think, for them. Because they... I think they, as, they, they think of themselves as a better team generally. And then to be... I'd say so, yeah. Reverse sweeped like that... It, it it has to be rough. I can't wait for the content because Florida usually do. They did content for Kickoff Clash. It was pretty cool to watch. I think they did content for mid season, and they usually do. They'll they'll have done content for Summer Showdown as well. So it'll be fun to watch uh, their their reactions to all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But. Okay, so we might as well move into the second day here. What about Vancouver? Was this not a team that we maybe expected? Because. Where, where did you guys have a team like Vancouver? Because I would have said that this is a more like a fifth, sixth kind of place team, not a seventh, eighth, right? In my opinion, yeah. I would have had Vancouver above Washington and Florida, and yet Vancouver ended up being uh, next to Justice, one of the first two teams knocked out. Yeah, I think when Don't you talk about that. underperformers, I think you kind of have to point to the Vancouver Titans. Unfortunately, I I really stand by i think some of our comments uh prior to the tournament where uh we kind of put we like you said we we kind of point to them as a team that could have like a surprising performance like i don't think if we play this online or if we play this like a hundred times that like Vancouver loses to florida or florida overperforms as much as they did that's not to say that like we should be discrediting florida i think that they surprised me and we'll kind of get to them when we you know dive mm. deep into their run but i don't think vancouver showed up if i'm going to be completely honest i think that you know power rankings are there for a reason and vancouver looked good coming into this event but it i just don't know if they showed up on stage uh i'm not sure well, well that's because that, that's because for this team they literally is their first land yeah right so and like they don't have that much experience. Uh, well, I mean, aside from guys like Master, right? Yeah, uh, maybe Mirror. Um, and they really needed yeah, this... that additional point, right? Like they're currently two points behind Boston. Well, Boston they got one free there. point from just making the tournament, do they? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Like they, they have to be 
they have to be second place to get another point. I mean, I don't think they were ever going to get second place. Yeah. So they got as many points oh, as they were able to get oh, that is, tournament. Is that true? Oh, yeah, okay. Then in that case, yeah. So it's one for everybody. Second gets two. First gets three. Yeah. So Vancouver, in my mind, maxed out on points. Like, there's, they, they're not yeah. going to get second place. So that's okay. What's the rest of their schedule like? Let me... Pretty good. I think the rest of the schedule is good. Uh, Probably they... not as easy as the schedule they just had, but I I, don't, I think it's going to be fine. Sorry, Compared yeah. to the first two tournament schedules yeah, they had, true. holy shit, the first two tournaments mm-hmm. destroyed them. So, this one is rough. <laughs> it's like 50-50. So, they have London, they have Gladiators, they have Fuel, they have Toronto, they have uh, Florida, and they have Paris. Ah, shit, that, that's 0-6. That's fucked. <laughs> That's unlucky, dude. No, they're winning against Paris, but like, you would have liked yeah, think, to play Boston. I think Paris is a gimme. I think Boston could be a team that comes up. I hate, I, I hate Paris, that I believe. this is, I wish, I wish Paris was, you know, on the come up, but I think, that, you know, a team like the uh, Uprising, maybe even a team like Justice, you know, it's, they're probably you know, more likely to. And, and I hate that this is like the analysis that we have to give. But we're recording this prior to the patch notes, right? We don't know what this can, you know, the yeah. the, the cut down cut patch is going to be. Um, so well, it's some people don't know. Some people, yeah. Hello, it's me. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not knower. I'm not saying I do know. <laughs> some, some, I would. I certainly hope some people would know. I'll, some people I'll, don't know. I'll some give you. I'll give you the scrim box on Wednesday, but I can tell you, okay. Jotes is dead. Based. We're safe. hundred percent. Yeah, I can tell you, Contenders Korea. Uh, if you're watching this when it comes out, Contenders Korea is probably on the same day, uh, if or the next. I mean, they're already on the new patch. Uh, I mean, there's less than it's like twelve hours away, man, from the time this recording. I fuck, it doesn't really matter that I say this now. It's like by the time you hear it, the, the Contenders Korea would have already played anyway. They're on the countdown cut patch already. They're not even finishing off Jotes. They're not even finishing off the season with Jotes. They yeah. just they just straight up on the counter cup patch, so yeah. you're about to see some real counter cup shit. I think that I think the patch will at that point have been revealed anyway. So being all being all cloak and dagger about patch knows at this stage is probably a bit redundant when you're about to see some real gameplay on that patch in yeah. from the time of this recording about fucking twelve hours from now. And I can tell you from what I've heard so far in Overwatch League and scrims, at least at the start of this week or mid of this week rather so on wednesday we're currently recording on uh sunday they played pretty much stuff that was played in stage two mm. i'll also tell you this okay despite despite yiska just listing out a bunch of dates uh i think he maybe doesn't understand what day it is for us currently because we're not actually recording the uh kind of cup episode yet right so so you would just, you know what? We can the previews already. Yes, that's a that's a big no no. We haven't even finished talking I about summer show yet. I love I love it not so much. You. I'm not. I know you do. You know you you're you are the new Halo. Even though Halo came came back, yeah, fuck it. You're still you're my Halo. Okay. Okay. Um. See so ya, Halo. Halo. And yeah. <laughs> if you like, uh, and shit, I lost my train of thought. Now you fucked me up. <laughs> Um, the the sneaky Beyonce. Oh yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, you. I'm not gonna let you escape jokes that easy. If I have to, if I have to cast one more game of jokes, which I do because uh, Containers Australia got delayed 
and that has to be replayed this week. So <laughs> I, have to, right. I actually have to cast one more game of goats. Uh-huh. Fuck me. Um, hopefully, I won't be sick by the time that happens. Um, yeah, uh, you have to suffer jokes with me a little bit longer as well on this uh, podcast as we have to finish talking about Summer Showdown. And getting it back on topic. So we were last talking about Vancouver Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, you know, I, I don't know. Part of me is disappointed that it didn't get further but part of me is also like it's their first tournament they spent most of the year losing they're probably a bit jittery coming into this um losing to shock is whatever like that that's probably always going to happen losing to mayhem i don't even think losing to mayhem is that crazy what i think is crazy is a 3-0 sweep that's what i think is crazy right like yes i agree surely vancouver don't get swept by florida i i think i'm i think i'm not being fair to florida here maybe downplaying florida a little bit yeah but i think at the same time i'm i'm mostly i'm when i'm talking about it like this i'm mostly criticizing vancouver not so much downplaying florida because yeah. i'm about to spend a bit of time complimenting florida after this when we talk about them yeah. in more detail but um yeah my final thoughts on vancouver is just you know i think we all expected a little bit more but not entirely surprised given that this is their first tournament and i think they still got a bit to build on i You've outlined their Count Cup schedule. Probably pretty rough. Uh, okay, maybe not 0-6, but shit, there, there's a few good teams in there. And Glads are about to make a ma- major comeback in terms of like meta proficiency when they can put like Rhino back on his good dive heroes and Shrew gets to come back on an Ana or something. Like, holy fuck, that's going to be crazy. Um, on top of the Happy playing good Happy stuff. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, that being said, like as I mentioned, Vancouver maxed out on points. For me, this was just going to be like, well, how far do they get? How much experience can they can they obtain from this tournament? Uh, because, okay, sure, there's prize money, and prize money is important, uh, of which they missed out on those, so the bottom two teams don't get any prize money. Um, you don't get more points for making it deeper unless you get second place and uh, these teams are not capable of getting second place so I think uh, they can't be too upset yeah yeah true I just got to say more there I ended up in a coughing fit that's fine we'll move on um to do we talk about Houston next and save Florida for a little bit longer because sure. Houston also kind of dropped out kind of quick yes did you but- say the Houston what I I feel like really only the Toronto series is a problem. Would you say that's an upset? No. That was my question. No. I, I think maybe the, the closeness is an upset because when you look at like the pieces needed to play this meta, you look at Merit, you look at, you know, you look at their flex DPS, you look at Pelican, you know, this is somebody who has been basically trying, not forcing Genji, but has like found a lot of comfort within Genji for like this season. So as you a can't whole. say force Genji. No, no, no. In this <laughs> Definitely <laughs> isn't right forcing there. Genji here, but in like in, in stage one, stage two, like when when we've needed, you know, Houston to come out and play a little bit of Tracer, Pelican's done so to like, you know, mild results, but then like found a lot of success with Genji. So when you when you talk about like mid to long range hit scan, Merit's great. You look at like Genji being a staple, you're like Poggers, Pelican, we're fucking off to the moon, fucking Bitcoin, BitConnect, whatever the fuck you want to talk about, you know, Poggers. Um, I think where maybe the disconnect happened was maybe the the entry of Lepin Doge, Dante kind of coming back into the fold, playing the Junker Queen, that that adjustment period could have like hampered them. 
So it's a little disappointing, but when you have the hometown buff, when you have, you know, a team like Toronto playing good Overwatch, like you you can't really fault them. You know, I think Hisu yes. is finding himself yeah. in a revitalization as I, I mean this with all the love and respect in the world, but like he's now probably uh, a top like hit scan role player, right? Like he is in the like mm. ons uh d dm category of like oh we need like an ash or a widow or a sojourn but like i don't really want him on the tracer he's not super flexible kind of wild because ons doesn't play two out of the three heroes you no, just listed but definitely definitely doesn't but like the, the 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 vibe the feeling that you get from him um i i think they are finding some success with hisu in those roles so it's it's not an upset for me that toronto wins but i think houston probably you know 99 out of 100 times probably scores a couple maps makes us a little bit closer so you would have tipped toronto to win anyway like all things being equal you would have tipped toronto win maybe not necessarily tip toronto i think in my bracket i had houston going deeper um but it, to me it's not like necessarily an upset to see toronto win i think it's like a, it was a close matchup in my mind i gave yeah. the edge to houston because i didn't want to put a ton of weight into the home crown buff home crowd buff but when you are playing good Overwatch and you have the home team kind of like buffing you and maybe this is, you know, you know, debuffing your enemy, um, maybe there is some success to that. Maybe there's something quantifiable there. It's just hard for me as a as a little monkey man to figure that out. I think they probably they probably caught Toronto in a huge upswing as well. Like this is the best performance we've ever seen. Yeah. Out of Toronto. For sure. Uh, yeah. Home crowd buff is obviously pretty, but this is why I like I don't know, I tip Toronto pretty highly. Generally speaking, the tournament because I knew the hometown home, home crowd buff would be pretty strong. It usually is. Um, yep. yeah, Toronto have a lot to prove here as well. I'm, I don't know. And let's be honest, like you know what? Houston would have beaten Florida again, and they would have been third for this tournament if they get past Toronto, right? That would have happened. Houston, Houston would beat Florida and come third. I th that probably was, uh, yeah, I mean, if we assume Mayhem just lose to either team, then that was probably the game to decide third, right? Um, I mean, they they beat Florida on day one, 3-0, pretty clean. Right. So it was probably, like, yeah. I think what, what Houston, I think, if you look at that game, it was probably not one of the better ones that Merritt played. Um, so a bit of an off game there. Fair enough. I think if those teams play each other at like peak potential of them in this meta, it gets it becomes an interesting match. I think like the problem is the the you know three zero score here that should have probably not been as one sided. Trying to figure out if this is disappointing for Houston. What has been Houston's best result so far? I feel like they dropped out pretty not not quickly in the midseason madness, but they also didn't really make it that far. Um, Let's see, I guess Houston's best result is beating Dallas in week one. No, um, what how how far are they getting kickoff clash? They kind of dropped out the same place. Yeah, they kind of they're stuck in this fifth sixth position at all times. You know, yeah, this season seventh eighth. Okay, we had some APAC teams in there, so they had to. They couldn't quite make it as far. They're kind of stuck in that middle of the pack for tournaments. Like they never, they never get within you know any of the middle positions. 
even like a fourth place, you know, they just they just seem to always fall short of even a fourth. Um yeah. whereas I think across the year so far, we can I, I think I can comfortably say it feels like Houston have been more of like a NA top five kind of deal, right? Generally speaking. Uh which means so, fifth yeah. six is probably not in fifth six is probably in line with if I say they're top five, if they are five out of five, then fifth six is probably correct. But I mean, it's uh, when when Florida can make fourth and Houston is stuck in fifth six. That's like that's great for Florida, but a little concerning for Houston. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I agree. I think that's yeah. more the point I'm trying to get towards. Like Toronto can like jump up from like Toronto. We're also fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth team. If Toronto can jump up from there to make it to third, granted hometown buff, mm-hmm. then Florida have consistently punched above their weight at all points during this entire year. Really have just no negative comments about Florida at all at this point. Um, I mean, kind of fits the fits the bill with them, right? When we we go back to like the power rankings in the preseason, like that was the team we kind of I feel like we all pegged as like the team that's going to shock people, you know, going to surprise how well hashtag they do. shock the world. And I think they have shocked the world. Now, not to not to you know shine or you know not put. I think the rightful team that kind of wins that award in this London Spitfire like out of the light. But I think, you know, you know, second fiddle to that team, I think Florida has, you know, shown a lot of success with uh, players that I don't think any, people necessarily rate that well. Any final thoughts on Houston before we move on to Florida properly? Uh, another team I think uh, deserves... It's hard to rate them, right? Like, I feel like in, in one breath, we can say that they're both overrated and underrated at the same time. It just depends on who you ask. But I think a team that is like nearing like come up potential they could break into the tops like spots but that requires like the glads or like the shock or dallas to like really come into the countdown cup like struggling and if what i'm hearing is true when it comes to scrim bucks and you're talking about you know some of the patches um it just doesn't sound like that's the case right so it's i, I think they're kind of cementing themselves as the gatekeepers right now yeah, at least who, who is houston 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 yeah I feel like the gatekeepers. Who are they gatekeeping though? Because they they constantly fifth six. Are they just gatekeeping everyone below sixth place? Like what? I would say like Atlanta and some metas. Like they're like trying to like they're keeping them out. It feels like they're like hogging the spot that you might want to put Atlanta in, and that could very well change when we get into Countdown Cup. But like as it stands right now, I feel like that's like the prevailing narrative. It's like Houston is like keeping teams like atlanta maybe a team this like team london is, out of like the top this team spot. is fourth place in season yeah, standings which is crazy to like kind of but they but they they consistently place below that in tournaments yeah. i don't know and here's the point of perspective toronto is sixth place and florida eighth place in season standings mm. and those two teams this tournament did better than houston atlanta seventh place did better mid-season um, can't remember kickoff, but we'll get there. Mm. I mean, I can just look it up now. It's not a big deal. What are you looking at? Kickoff. Yeah, Florida plays the same as Houston. Then yeah, Atlanta plays better than Houston. Kickoff clash as well. I'm not going to talk about shock fuel or glass because those are teams we expect to be better. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like uh, I, I feel like we can get a bit more out of Houston. They do have creative now sure. on the on the roster properly. We are heading into probably back into a midseason man as ta- uh, meta as Yisker's alluded to, which is fucking amazing. Thank God. 
Mm. Um, so if there is a hope of playing double flex sport, last row creative could be pretty hot. See oh, about definitely. that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we've also, when I say we, I mean generally the the fan base has talked about um, merit. They've held merit in very high regard, but seeing Hisu beat him, I think you know you you mentioned this, Joe, but Hisu's kind of like making his name, making his stamp on the Overwatch League currently yeah, as a top yeah. hit scam player, yeah. uh, and taking down merit, I think was a, is a big step of that. Is a big part of that. He, he's also kind of to me, I don't know. He forced a lot of Ash over the course of this True. tournament, yeah. True. which is a good and bad thing. Like I'm glad he's making it work. He's clearly good enough to make it work, but. Um, probably does end up being something that will hold, that has held Toronto back in the tournament. And that, I say that as a team that made third. So when I say held them back, what, is that, what do I mean that I, I held them back from second or first? I don't know. Maybe that's not entirely fair, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what my point is. Like, maybe they could have been Florida cleaner. I don't know. They they clearly had an idea of how they want to play the game, and it worked for the most part. Can't fault them for that. Uh, let's talk about Florida before we get to Toronto, because Toronto to place one higher now in fact we can actually just talk about the florida toronto game and we kind of like move from florida into toronto because we talked about florida a little bit already uh unless you guys wanted to kind of cover the london florida game as well we sort of we sort of cover that one kind of uh not in any sort of great detail we can sort of bounce through the um the final couple of florida games where they went to is it back-to-back map fives it was yeah um, they, they being Florida here, didn't play as much of the flex support stuff as I thought. Because I, uh, I remember that was like a predominant, prevailing kind of storyline was like, oh yeah, Florida's gonna off meta. And I feel like they didn't really off meta. Like, they didn't, they played a lot of double main support. They played, you know, Hydron pretty much on the Sojin the entire time outside of a couple of key times. So, yeah, I don't know, like Florida just ended up playing hard meta. Just kind of surprising, right? Um, I thought that they gave a lot of teams a lot of trouble in like the qualifying matches with the double flex, even though I, I agree it's not like <laughs> conducive of being super successful in the long term like scheme of things. Um, so I think I kind of uh, am going to have to echo a lot of those like same like not questions, but like it was very surprising. Um, that they didn't kind of rely back onto like that same kind of game script that they, you know, utilized with the double flex. Um, it, it, I think it's, I'm, I'm constantly surprised by how many people are like, but where's Animo? It's crazy. Like the double flex. It's like, I, I think this is what we've been saying for so long is like Animo for my money, right? I'm going to wildly speculate here. You, you know, you can crucify me if you want. Um, I think Damn. he is a, I'm getting the is cross it, ready. <laughs> I think he's a a soft skills player. Like his mechanics, he, he's not up to snuff anymore. Like he's just not that guy. But what I do think he brings, and I think like you see this throughout his like longevity when you look at New York and you look at season one, and like he finds his way onto teams because I think he like is a good teammate, I would have to guess, or like he communicates very well or he meshes well. Like he's a good, just a good guy to have around. 
But when you need people to like, you need all of the value there. You need every cooldown to matter and you need them within like fractions of a second. I just don't know if Animo is like that specific. So you're saying uh, he's not Lee Jagon. He's the opposite. No, of yeah, me, me thinks that he's he's not the uh, up there within the, the, the upper echelons of main supports, you know. Uh, I will also add, since shows. we're on the topic of support players, yeah, like we, not just us as well, but like generally when, when people were talking about Florida heading to this tournament, part of the reason why everyone's down on Florida because we all expected or assumed that Majid wasn't going to be there because he had the mm. visa issues. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they sorted out, and he he ended up. Uh, yeah. When did he when did he play? Almost he didn't play the whole time, did he? he? No, he played online for day one, but then got there day two. Like he was, he arrived day two. So what? I didn't I didn't watch the game live for day one. So what? Uh, they just had four four players and seats. Four players. One empty seat? Yep, one empty seat, and then they yeah just haven't had him playing online, which is what I kind of assumed was going to happen. But you know, obviously, you never okay. know until you know it's a game time decision, if you will. Hard to say. I mean, it seems like without wanting to be a results biased Andy, like it seems like it had a bit of a difference. You know, they got rolled by Houston. I mean, yeah. and he shows up, and they they suddenly they're beating everybody. Off. Yeah. So I mean, respect. I I think Florida again is is superseding a lot of people's expectations. Um, you look at someone. I, I again. Can't can't really glow about him enough. I think he's been so successful this season, and it's really kind of carving out a name for himself in the Rookie of the Year ballot discussion. I think we mm. all know who wins Rookie of the Year, and we don't have to necessarily yeah. go over that. But so he's carving his name out in the who comes second place discussion. Yeah, when 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 you're fighting for a second against somebody like Proper, who is an absolute like demon, right? Like does shit that like shouldn't be possible consistently, even when his team is kind of like pooping themselves shitting in their opponent's pants if you will which by the way getting their pants shit in i don't know we're not get, we're not getting to the shock discussion no, 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 yet. we'll we get there but the uh the shock and and by extension the because if you hate the shock you probably don't like property that you know it comes mm. comes with the uh, territory they are now coming out in full force we're like oh no shock lost probably didn't win uh yeah he can't be rook of the year sorry guys mm, i just that's <laughs> That's a, that's a weird. They're just taking his, taking his, trying to take his name out of contention for not winning the tournament. That's, I just thought it was funny. Um, I, don't know about that I was impressed with the checkmate. I'll say how much. Yeah, I was really impressed with the checkmate. I think a lot of people still underestimate check. If you, a lot of people probably underestimate everybody in Florida. Yeah. But I feel like at this point, the whole like Chad mate Ryan situation last year, like that, yeah, that is no longer the defining yeah. part of his career. Or like reputation anymore. Like it shouldn't be. Like if that is still for some people, like the define and I'm not talking about from a meme perspective, like from a meme perspective, yeah, hell yeah, it is. But from a, like an actual like player reputation, like, no, what does this guy actually do and how good is he? Mm -hmm. You should no one should be thinking about that situation from last year anymore. I think he's very yeah. much solidified himself as like a pretty damn good player. I'm not gonna say elite because I think there's a definitely a, a tier of plays above him, but like he's done well for the team. I I remember talking to Florida early on. And they were they were very confident that Checkmate was going to be one of their secret weapons next to someone. Like two players that come flying under the radar that no one expects to be great, but both of them end up being pretty good. So yeah, Checkmate Gendry. It is one of his key heroes. I remember in, in contenders, his two good heroes were like Echo and Genji, right? Mm. Very classic flex DPS pool. Yeah. It's I'm glad to see it when you look at like the 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 
the shoes that he had to kind of fill as well like coming in for yaki it's like you know oh, he's doing better than yaki I don't yes. mean individually. Uh, maybe individually. If I maybe wanna, individually. I want to get into hot yeah. waters. Oh, I, into hot waters. I don't think it's, it's crazy. Um, people people out there are trying to argue Yaki and top five while I'm being like, how about bottom five? How will we do that? Is that too fire? Is that a little bit too hot? I don't know. Hey. Um, um, no, Yaki's better than bottom five. He's at least bottom six instead of bottom five. <laughs> uh, no, he's, no he's, he's, I'm joking. Or am I? Florida. Um... Yeah, like, I'm trying to think back. We can actually talk about the Toronto game in a bit more detail now. I'm trying to think if that, like, if that was winnable enough for Florida or whether they just kind of hit their limit of, like, okay, well, you know, you're, you've overperformed, but this is about as far as you can go. Toronto, just a better team here. Because um, we did go to map five, and the last map was a two and zero. Uh with Hisu forcing Ash on University. Fucking hell, how does that even work? I don't know, I'm, was I'm that, like... Was that one of, was, forget about the last map, but like, was that series winnable for Florida, in your opinion? Like, is it... It... Or, or was this like always Florida's destined time to get beat out? There was just so much pressure in that, in those moments where it's like, you're you're fighting against not only the team, but the crowd, and... As much as, yes, I can sit here and tell you that that's, like, unquantifiable and you really can't put a value on that from a human perspective, right? Like, that's gotta do something to you. That's difficult to just, like, sit there and, and, and put yourself in that moment. I think some people maybe rise to that occasion, but I think most people, like, it, it, it eats at you. It kind of boils you down a little bit. So it, I, I have to imagine, like, not only is that an uphill battle against a team that is kind of like solidifying themselves within this meta as like the third best team when it comes to like, you know, shock and Dallas. And then, you know, you have to hem and haw about maybe is it London or maybe is it Toronto or is it Houston? Like you're fighting uphill there, but then you're fighting uphill on like terrain that just is uncomfortable for you. So it's, it, it, it's for my money. It never felt like it was winnable from like a realistic standpoint from a mechanic standpoint. Even then, it, it's it's difficult. Right? It's an uphill fight. That a two one, that a two one. But that that Coliseo was way was uh, well ended up being quite one sided for Toronto, given the final distance. Mm -hmm. Even though they had only kind of got met in I think the final final couple minutes, but yeah. Florida did bring out the double flex support on circuit and they did win with it. Which is surprising. I mean it is it is like a weird look. I think again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer this home. You can kind of go back to like pre uh summer showdown, and I think I've like been pretty consistent with this. That when the meta meta game of practice and like what everybody's practicing are these mirror matchups, it, it opens up some like some very loose gimmick strategies to kind of be successful because again you're not you're not comfortable playing against it and the team that is playing it is very practiced on running it so it it kind of self-corrects in some very loose ways Ugh. um and i think florida took advantage of that and i think that goes back to like what we said about them 
what we said and kind of marked as an attribute of theirs, we go back to the kickoff clash. We look at Gunba. We look at maybe the, the Roadhog on Gibraltar is like, oh, oh, that was a little too creative. But they've always found kind of their strengths. They've always found a sense of, you know, um, I hate to say gimmick, but like they, they, they're they uh, they're a gadget team, right? They, they have these set plays. They have these they, set comps. They have the word mayhem in the team's name. <laughs> word mayhem is yeah. in the team's name. It's, it's, they're living up to their namesake for sure. Like, and and I, I respect that. the most chaotic thing we can do? Oh, yeah, play play this stuff. Whatever that ends up being in whatever particular matter. I think they're they're they've they spot like a an, a, a successful leverage and uh, I think they executed on it as best as they could um, given like their tool set. I think they've also been like pretty quick on the, the the transfer market as well. You look at you know their backline, you look at the supports, you know maybe even their tanks if you want to kind of go back that yeah. far. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I can't really uh, praise Florida enough for kind of being a competitive team this season. Um, yeah, and this this kind of shows it. Florida? Yeah, I, I think there's a... It's weird to evaluate this team because much like London, they are also like overperforming their budget and whatnot. It's interesting to see that depend... Like, there, there seem to be two camps which teams have been more successful in doing that this season. Like, I think they're the, those that believe more in London, the, and then they are those that believe more in Florida. Um, I think they also have very different approaches. But in, in this particular tournament, I think, I think there's absolutely a world where they can actually put that stadium and make it a library with a Map 5 win. And that would have been arguably pretty important or a pretty good thing for this roster to experience, right? Um, it's it's once again like it's it's nuts that it ev ever gets this close, right? Once again, like if you look at the budget tiered list, it sh it sh Toronto at home shouldn't have to go to map five against the Florida Mayhem, right? So um, yeah, I don't know. Like I I think like if you're in Florida, you can sit there in your green room or in your bathroom i suppose and go like god damn like there was close we shouldn't be here but like man was it close to being there you know so yeah i think generally speaking it's also surprising to me that they did this well in this meta given their you know performance in uh, during the the regular season matches now i'm more excited for like if we're actually going back to uh, stage two matters, now Florida can be cooking and like we can see, you know, the interesting stuff uh, come out there. Maybe play a little bit to the strength that they have. Like I don't want to see someone just sit on one hero. That's that's not what yes. I want to see out there. Of well the said. Well said. Right. Like that's yeah, not generally the speaking, and also for the individual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, like, like, I want to see them play to their strength, have the ability to swap around, do some, like, yeah. unorthodox stuff. Maybe hit a little bit see, more. See, guys, we do like swapping. We do. Genuinely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. And, uh, like, for instance, sometimes we swap your diapers and YouTube comments. Um, but, 
Yeah, I, I think like Florida sh with this result, they shouldn't be sad, even though it's hard to not feel not. sad if you're very close to you know sending the uh, the home team. Home. Well, you know the the saddest scenario would be for Toronto would be losing to Florida in Map Five and then seeing Florida get O three swept by Shock easily. I, that would have happened, right? Like we can all agree that that, that probably yeah. would have happened, and that would have yeah. been gross. Yeah, sad for sure. Don't want that. That's how every Spark fan felt in Midseason Madness. I keep bringing it up. <laughs> sorry, I keep bringing it up. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, but uh, yeah, no, good on them. Oh, I'm curious to see how they head on to uh, how they do in Count on Cup meta now, which is, by the way, like going to be pretty. I say brief. No, actually, I don't want to get too far into discussion because we play Count on Cup and then we play the Kariko patch uh, when game actually launches we head into playoffs so you know we got mm. two more metas ahead of us and uh that Kariko patch should be pretty meaty as well because it won't just be Kariko's release yeah. but uh, that's a future discussion we'll get into that um Toronto they come third at their own event probably about as good as you can expect you know, when you have Shock and Dallas as good as they are not even a home crowd advantage is going to allow you to beat the Shock unless Shock like really choke which you know Apparently they only do versus Dallas. No, I don't even know that's fair. That seems that's a little incendiary. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I what can you really say about this shock versus Toronto game or just Toronto in general? Toronto maybe like started out a little shaky by losing to to London, but they make a pretty damn good low bracket run. And you alluded, I think you said you alluded to like an Atlanta esque run, and I think that's about that's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. It was a very Atlanta rain looking run. Also carried, like, seemingly carried by a Stella uh, hitscan performance. That was very, uh, very, uh, you know, Atlanta-esque. Even though it's, uh, probably it's fair to say uh, that Atlanta wasn't strictly just Kai, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, th I feel like uh, I, I it, it wasn't a good weekend of, for Yiska takes. Because, uh -huh. as we will get to, like, you know, I had this, Hisu is basically B BQB take. Um, I think, like, this is, this is probably the best. I think you were, you were right before this tournament. Yeah. I think this is probably the best Overwatch he has played in the Overwatch League. Like, this oh, felt, sure. at, at times, this feel, felt like Runaway Hisu. Mm -hmm. You know, like, put, put a team like Runaway on my back, Hisu. And uh, it felt like that Hanzo performance last year in play-ins was oh, it? Yeah, yeah. Was it playoffs? Yeah, felt like that. Yeah, yeah. So that, and then of course, as we will get to, surely. <laughs> I mean, I'm still living out of my locker uh, with Edison, um, and his his performance improvement. But yeah, I don't know. Not not a not an amazing weekend. Also, of course, me trying to predict that London is going to win against Dallas and then falling short there, and now having to. By the way, the guy that bet this with me on Twitter, I haven't forgotten you. I have proof that my Amazon locker didn't have power. My jumping rope is inside of there. To explain, I bet that London is going to win against Dallas. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, and now I have to do ten minutes of jumping jacks for thirty days in a row. But I don't have a jumping jack rope. Uh, sorry, not jumping jacks. Uh, skip rope. Uh, so mm. now I have to get a rope 
and I couldn't get it today. So I, I haven't forgotten you. I'll I'll start as soon as I get access to it. But um, yeah, I think Toronto overall. I mean, this is this is the level that you should be expecting uh, for Toronto to play at. Now here's the here's the scary shit. This is not yes. your normal performance. Scared. This is not your normal performance. This is not your performance where you now sit down with every player on this team and go, well, let's sign them for a three-year contract or some shit. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Based on the romance of what Ship happened. Sell on that. No, what you should be doing is you look at the f three players that are worth anything on this roster, you lock them up maybe, and then... I mean, you get wild. You gotta get some some head coach uh, craft in there. Like, no, no offense to Moby Dick, I think Toronto will always have issues competing against other teams in the Overwatch League for top Korean talent, right? And yeah. I think they need to open up their choice a little bit. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball here. Why not look at No Hill? Someone like No Hill, maybe okay. especially because here's my argument. Oh, get some Chinese talent on Toronto. Yes, I mean because if there is a a region that is criminally under under scouted and underserved, despite having four f Chinese franchises, I mean, Pineapple is is basically like a luxurious bench warmer this season, right? Like the my point being. Like, if you get No Hill, I think he still has the confidence of uh, players. You can get someone... You can get maybe some departures from Chengdu, some of the stars. I don't know what the situation is there. You can get uh, <laughs> a couple of other, you know... You're telling me Toronto's getting leave next year, is what you're saying. I, I don't... like. If that was possible, then you need a head coach. And yes, like, I agree that from the outside, No Hill looks a little bit eccentric and also a little bit off the chain. But uh, come on, like that situation is unreasonable. It's good content. Right? It's good content. It's good content. And um, the thing is, like, you you also can't. If if I did a, a an Asia tier list, they would probably be separated by two tiers to the next team. In, in fairness, right? In order to... A t what A tier list for what? Just skill? What, what bu tier budget list? tier list. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, this team... It's not, it's not fair to say they have... They spend half of London because... When, once again, my, keep in mind, my budget tier list is like player salary plus buyouts. Therefore, like, you can't go half unless you're not respecting league rules. I mean, Halo reported on uh, on the team being not paid for for a long time. Like th these situation, th these circumstances, as I understand them, are extraordinary. There, so you can't really take whatever happened. If anything, you can look at how many map fives they direct top teams to and say, "All right, like there's, there's some potential there." Now, of course, right. I, th I think I always thought, and I still believe this. As Toronto defined, you need a head coach that attracts top-tier talent. And there are not many in the Overwatch League that do this, right? I believe, if anything, KDG was 
a problem for you this offseason in trying to get uh, top-tier uh, Korean players. Um, the other coaches that like, do attract us, of course, Moon and Krusty, you're l unlikely to get those. Like maybe you can break off another one of Krusty's disciples. Maybe you, you can convince 9K again or something like this. But like there's very few options that you have. There's also legitimately it feels like very little talent. Maybe Moby Dick can develop into a head coach position. Maybe you believe that they that they uh, was some breakthrough event and that there is a guy growing into your own. Maybe if you can believe in that I, I'm not even mad at you trying that for next season also because I think Moby is pretty well liked by players and generally I, I've yeah. only heard positive stuff across the seasons of course formerly of the fusion um, so maybe maybe that's your guy it's hard to say um, but yeah I think everything starts with a new head coach of course like this might sound silly to say to define fans who just had their biggest victory, but is that is exactly the type of breeding ground for complacency that you don't want to have going into the next season. Also, like first two metas were not that good for Toronto. What no? they is, I feel like you know they they peaked during Jotes. We're not playing Jotes anymore, so Hoppers. I'm not saying Muse is the problem, but you're, we're getting back into territory. Where like, I don't think Hopper's your first pick to play Ball or nah. Winston. And if we go back to mid-season management, we're playing Ball and Winston again. Yeah, you know, basically, like we're we're changing up the team. Uh, I, I don't know what the deal with Finale is. Um, it's probably good for Twilight to go back onto a flex support. Um, but what does Hisu's hero pool look like? Can he just one trick and Ash the entire way through the next meta? I don't know. Like, yeah. probably not. But once again, like this is, I know it's this, uh, a bitter point to make at this point. I think it, the team should rightfully be celebrated for what they um, achieved here. Also, I think like especially the win against Houston is pretty impressive. The rest, oh god, they can still junk buck. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Done. Yeah, <laughs> no, but. Like bottom line is like I think this is probably as good as it gets, and the difference. What? How did you guys perceive like the shock Toronto game? Because I don't think I didn't feel it was particularly close. Oh, I didn't watch it. I was like, oh, this is not worth watching. It's a <laughs> shock victory. It's, I mean, like it, it's clear that there is a you know stratification uh, with the top teams in NA, at least as it stood within the count or the summer showdown. Yeah. It was Dallas and Shock, and then everybody else. Um, so yeah, I I didn't bother tuning in. Like if it was an upset, I mean, I'd catch the vod. Without jumping into any hyper specificity of like any specific moments, it's you. This is what you expect. Shock is the far better yeah. team, generally speaking. It's like all right, well they do drop a map to find. That's I don't think that's out of the question. Um. You know, it's not like shock consistently three zero everybody all the time. Yeah. Um, trying to also pick up control. You know, what was it? This is that, that meme that shock always dropped control as well. Um, 
So I can't, I'm trying to remember how Kilo performed in the series because I know everyone demonized Kilo over the course of, especially the finals. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure, did he sue Diff Kilo or anything? I can't remember. That I can't remember. I also didn't really watch it. Um, I think, okay, yeah. there's, there's like a counter jerk. In my mind, it's, it goes like this. Everyone's too harsh on Kilo. That's reality. But if you tell me that Kilo is playing at the same level as someone like Happy or someone like Kai or someone like... Why'd you, why'd you bring those lip. guys up? You should just, just say lip first and forget about everyone else. Yeah, it's true. Say like, lip and just end it there. Just don't even talk about anyone yeah, else. Yeah, but like, it's like lip and then the next guys at the moment. So it's... Like, <laughs> Like I, I, the rest I, is I, how it looks currently. I, 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 I guess like if you go tier one lip, then tier two like the other guys, and then you know, Kilo is probably so, yeah. in the third bracket. Um, I guess we can just start talking about shock. Um, I mean, we kind of have to talk about them in conjunction to Dallas. I feel like you're gonna you get, you kind of have to end up talking about both teams a little bit here at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but. Focusing on shock a little bit. Uh, what were the results again? They go three-one versus Vancouver, right? Three-one mm -hmm. versus Houston. Zero-three mm -hmm. mm -hmm. versus Dallas. Three-one Toronto. So all the wins are three-one. So I'm saying, like dropping the one map to Toronto is like shock drop maps in their victories. It's pretty standard. Uh, and then they zero-four versus Dallas. I feel I don't. You know, it's it's that Dallas game. And what was the regular season game? They lost to Dallas as well. What was the? Uh, find the score line it was one three because i actually did take one map of dallas it was dorado they beat uh, dallas on dorado in the regular season game so um was it just the finals was it just kind of like the grand final game that everyone suddenly looked at kilo in like a negative light because what was he he had that one stat line as well was it like one kill on yeah, college yeah, or something so few kills um just just kind of invisible um yeah i can't recall him being quiet or or at least that quiet throughout the tournament i think it was just like that match in particular he was just absent like checked out um and credit to dallas in that same sense like um you, you we talk about edison being thrown into lockers we talk about edison not necessarily living up to the standard that we need him to to see Dallas like be super successful. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to, you know, give a Vikings funeral to that narrative, but it certainly wasn't true in this meta. It certainly wasn't true when you see him on Sojourn, you know, being a two plus one player or a, a two for one. However, you, you said it before, Avril, I'm, I'm you know, blanking on the, the, the terminology, but this is a player who gets value every time he's on the field with this hero. And I think like he's really grown into that almost like a lip, right? Um, somebody who we rightly criticized at the start of the season on the hero um, and is now uh, a playmaker on it, an absolute stud. We'll get to we'll get to APAC, but uh, it was it was a, a mixture, you know, a little little column A, little column B. Kilo being absent and nearly like almost not on the server and Edison just genuinely like having a, a, an incredible tournament, an incredible meta um, Dallas, like finding their footing and uh, shock sadly once again kind of uh leading up to the tournament showing a, a great face but not necessarily you know hitting the ground running showing this, up when it counts 
this does this hurt Shark's legacy? It's like they because people people are very strongly like when I I was I say joke. I wasn't even really joking about the fact that people were like I don't know using this as justification to like try and strip yeah awards that probably hasn't even won yet. By the way, try and strip those awards from probably like no they didn't win. Um, so is the fact that Shark hasn't won anything now a problem? Because there's not going to be another tournament until yeah. the playoffs and all this kind of award stuff will happen before then so this was it this was the last tournament and uh shock have come second twice yeah and what they what they do in kickoff again it was um let me have a look one more time i think they kind of underperformed i think they like got like fourth third fourth uh, fourth, fourth fourth yeah. fourth and the team they lost to i believe they lost to yeah they lost to rain then they got 03 by dallas so yeah. dallas seemed to be the team that shock struggle against seems to be i don't i don't subscribe to this this western notion that you know you need to win to like win awards right i i don't think you need to like be this like overwhelmingly successful team to win individual awards right when you look at proper just through the eye test because i know that like the stats lab isn't out yet but i know there are some people who are you know tracking them i know there are websites that are tracking them just just you know setting that for aside for a moment there is no other player that is a rookie right now in a role that demands so much of them that does what proper does. I'm sorry, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. The kid's a demon. Joe, the kid what is about a the problem. people that? Are, what about the people that are sick of DPS players winning awards? I don't care so, if you're sick so of what DPS they're saying, players winning awards. What they're saying awards. is they don't care about who the most. They don't care about the meritocracy of the award and. Who the actual best player and most eligible players for the award? They just care about uh, it not being a DPS player. Then, so uh, so they I didn't would, read the brief. They actually didn't understand the brief behind what the award was meant to be. But uh, you know, yeah. Then you're applying. Then you're not necessarily voting on the award. You're making up your own standard. And I think like you have ulterior motives, right? Like you you have you have very bizarre takes. I'll say that right. So just to be nice. Yeah. Um, when you look at the most important rookie, and yes, like in some ways, I also fall. Uh, you know pray to my own you know advice let's say because i think heavy individual awards like rookie of the year like mvp um with the game with how overwatch is developed as it stands right now it's very difficult for dps to not be the recipients of those it would take somebody of the caliber of smurf and the creativity and flexibility and rookie status of someone married together in some Dragon Ball Z fusion dance, but like also Super Saiyan-esque level up to maybe put a tank into the conversation, right? Now we're seeing tanks moved in, I think a little bit closer to the conversation because of what's demanded of them. And as we increase the hero pools of the tanks and supports, we can have more of those conversations. But as it stands now, flex DPS and hyper flexes in general when it comes to DPS should be awarded and I think will be awarded uh these these heavy individual awards if you think otherwise leave a comment down below <laughs> well the problem is tank supports just don't carry the game the way that these top dps's do they don't like i don't know entirely change the flow of the game and entirely like just skew the result of a game i'm trying to find the correct word i feel like i've used some decent words but i think there's one correct word that i'm waiting to i'm trying to get but i can't find i um the closest yeah, we've seen to to your point of of a tank player in this meta game kind of like 
enforcing their will taking over a game is probably hanbin on junker taking game. over there you go they don't take you know over I mean? the game in that kind of way no and, and it's because the heroes don't allow them to right or they don't have the skill set i don't even think that's that's necessarily the case i think it has more to do with how the game's designed i think heroes are not meant to take over the game i think the closest we've seen of that is like maybe a wrecking ball meta where like somebody like gaga can like just be this like a plus one player right and you look at Hanbin and what Dallas was was able to do and like how many clutch situations that he's able to pull out of his, his, his butt, right? Like that's impressive. That's something you have to mark. But can they do that on so many different heroes? No, they can't. Proper can. People like Fleta used to. Fleave could. Prophet does consistently. He's on fucking Brig for God's sake, right? It, it It's just not, it, these are two different like, levels of players what do you what do you guys what do you guys think of the 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 current sort of general take of when i say general take i mean like this has kind of been the community narrative of uh dallas being the better team focused team in terms of team decision making and shocker they've been more of an individual kind of team that's a very rudimentary kind of way people have outlined it yeah, just want to get people's takes on that. Like, I think that un maybe underplays, that maybe downplays Shock's team playability a little bit. But um, or this does seem this this, this does seem like Dallas's correct meta. It does seem like yeah, you know, their goats meta kind of deal. Mm -hmm. You get to have a very one of the few metas where like a, a, a tank is on kind of a carry hero for the mm -hmm. most part. Um. Is it crazy to say that like Rush is like one of the only coaches that you can look at a style or like an archetype of Overwatch and say, ah, if we get that meta, this coach and this coaching staff is going to excel in that way? Because I feel like Rush throughout his entire Overwatch League career um, has excelled at these like really heavy like death ball like Rush compositions. When you look at like the Symmetra stuff, when you look at this like if you can get everybody just to be super proactive, like in one direct mm -hmm. direction, um, I think like Rush's teams, uh, obviously just Dallas, but uh, oh, I guess so, Paris, but that's a. I'm so I'm so I'm so tempted to be snarky about like what what strategy you mean just press W, but I'll I mean, refrain. I will refrain. Continue. Yeah, I I I think there are some teams that just like don't are are like. I, I I respect them enough to assume that it's not like an afraidness or they're they're scared of pressing W, but they just don't value proactivity to the same degree as like Russia's teaching. Right. I think like his regime yeah. really is a proactive style of Overwatch that like sets the tempo and puts them ahead. And I don't think it's too um short sighted to say that this is just an Overwatch League thing. I think my my point is that it's just around a specific style of composition. That's all. I think it comes down to Hanbin a lot here as well. Like you oh, need sure. to to get in position and do these kind of things and set that tempo. Your tank mm. player needs to be the tempo setter. Yeah. Right. I think having Hanbin be generally considered to be the best jungle queen here and being able to yeah. both be supported well and and also be able to make those decisions for his team and kind of set the pace allows your team to do what they need to do. Uh you know, from a pacing perspective. Mm. That, that certainly, like certainly helps. Any, any meta that Sparkle can play Genji is also just insane. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. 
that's that's a, that's your Dallas is feasting, right? Um, and he's constantly kind of impressed on other heroes. So it's, I don't think this is a oh like lol one trick team. Like yes, they found a lot of success with one composition which, which that worked for them. That I maybe am. I think Sparkle's Tracer is good, but like you can say that Sparkle's Genji's elite. Oh, for the sure. Tracer's maybe like trying to penetrate that tier, but you just don't put his trace no. in the same like Can't. No, no. holy shit bin as like no. some of the other yeah. tracers in the league. Yeah. You know. Out of respect to like the actual elite tracers, like just Sparkle just is not of that caliber. It's not to say that he's bad at tracing. He's close. He's he's the more I the more he plays it, the more I'm like, damn, he is getting close. He is a natural playmaker. But, uh, he doesn't that, that he doesn't take sure. over the game. No, he doesn't take not. over the game in the way where it's just like or how's this guy 1v5? Like how's this guy mm -hmm. unstoppable here? How is like how is like no one can kill this guy and he's just demolishing? Yeah. Um I'm also a little bit worried about their tank situation going to the next meta. For sure. Like, you know, what what does that look like? Cuz here's, here's the other thing like, to cuz this is a combined discussion of Dallas and Shark. Like we're talking about Hanbin now, and he's, and for what it's worth, you know, I had this guy's preseason. I had this guy's my my entire yeah. seasonal prediction to be a potential MVP candidate, maybe the MVP. Hmm. Um, and that's looking pretty good at the moment. Yeah, that or proper. I'm I'll fucking take either. The both of those are my breads. Um, yeah. Does he? How does how does he keep this up? Because it's like you know the lack of the midseason madness showings, the Dallas fuel showings, the midseason madness really hurt them a little bit. There's a as well. Mm. Um. Sorry. Um, I kind of want to jump into the hero pool discussion, but I also don't because I feel like the meta has specifically dictated certain picks. Yeah. And as a certain player, you're kind of just beholden to that. So in some cases, Hanbin only plays Zarya and Junk Queen, but he's only ever been required to play those as well. Yeah, exactly. Actually, you know, he also played the Sigma. So. The hero pool discussion has merit, but also like it's also a little redundant because he just ha kind of has to play what the meta requires of him. Yeah. Um, having fearless on his team will hurt that discussion a lot as well because you know Hanbin's not going to be the guy playing in a Winston or a Ball meta. Mm -hmm. uh, he might play a Doom meta. His, I, th I still think his Doom is pretty good, mm -hmm. but I think fearless comes back next stage, so that'll be an interesting situation for the last Dallas feel again. Yep. Um. She also had a really good tournament here in the Lucio. I think that was always a kind of a given that I always kind of figured this guy was going to be pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah. Um, at this point, I shouldn't be imp I should not be impressed any time if like support player on a Brig looks good because Finn didn't <laughs> even play a single match of Brig before yeah. Summer Showdown, and he picked it up like a natural, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously, guys like Fielder are going to be finals here as well. Mm -hmm. Um. So I, I guess the biggest surprise was Edison. I think everyone would have... Because yeah. we all expected Harbin to be a bit of a monster. Like I, th I don't yeah. think oh, yeah, counted Harbin out. Which yeah. means the biggest surprise was Edison. And partially, I think maybe something that helps Edison out is that he's not sharing game time with Guriram, so you're not sort of splitting up that game time. Yep. Uh, splitting up the practice time, which when you're trying to focus on a single player to make them good, that's probably the correct call to make. Yeah. Oh, I would agree. I, I think that, you know... We'll have to. I think my opinion is a little tempered when it comes to Edison. I think that like he had a great tournament, a great qualifying set of matches coming into this tournament. Yeah. Um, 
we will see what he looks like. I'm I'm ready to like be pleasantly surprised by the return of Edison uh, in the Countdown Cup and, and seeing helping to carry Dallas um, into what looks to be them uh, being the front runners for at least the NA pennant um, and and maybe even the Overwatch League title. So it's I'm 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 hesitant to pull the trigger and and buy all the the Etta Etta stonks the Etta coin, but uh, we we will see. I'm 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 hopeful. We'll see what what countdown cup looks like. You you have to hope that Edison can keep that level because I mean otherwise you assumed like let's say you put him against Happy or Lip or Kai, he gets mm -hmm. gapped right. Yeah, that's what you assumed. This is the first time where I thought, okay, maybe not. Okay, let me let me actually caveat that further. I think he would get gapped by lip. But yeah. other than that, I feel like you now have a competitive hitscan player, and that is something that Dallas hasn't had in a hot minute. And like ever arguably ever since Xe left. Right? So Yeah, it's it, I, I, I'm kind of also eat. I, I didn't see this coming at all. Like I think that's always like a sign of a good system when an old, when a player can come back to old form. An old form for Edison here is like contenders Edison, right? Like the type of uh, you know, widow shit that he used to pull. Pretty much. Interestingly, pretty much during a similar time when Happy first popped off. So, like, these two gentlemen definitely have kept their skills up. Edison sort of, like, came back to it. I'm... Ah, come on. Okay. I'm still skeptical if you can keep that level. Um, It's hard not to be. I, I basically, like, I send... Tasmo, a selection of lockers that Edison can <laughs> shove me into. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, great tournaments. Um, and it it is legitimately scary because a Dallas that has a good f flex, uh, hits can DPS in a meta like this has very few weaknesses, right? Yeah. That's why I've I know the Overwatch League couldn't do it any other way, but like this is the this is the stuff where I'm not sure who wins in the uh, Shanghai fuel matchup. I I feel like yeah. it's Shanghai, but I'm not convinced that it, it. I think it would probably go map seven. Yeah, the way it, the way it deserves to go. Sure. Back in 2021 form. Yeah, this is a a meta for Dallas. We're like. You look at all five players. You're like, there's no gaps here. There's no mm -hmm. deficiencies here. There's no weaknesses here. Like, I don't. You it's look, a liability. You would have. You would have said Edison previously. Yeah. But uh, in this tournament, you're just like, no, no. Edison was more than holding his own. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a veteran presence playing a stage. You know, that just this guy's gonna be ice cold. Like, it's it's just, uh, you know, maybe Gurria would have freaked out, but for Edison, it's just it's business. You know, he's fine. Yeah. Um, I think it's not just so much like does it keep the form, but I just I wonder what the hero pool is re requirement is going to be. You yeah. know, how much Sojin's still going to get played? What is the 
prevalence of tracer what happens if we get a tracer genji meta right that's yeah. that's an interesting thought yeah uh and in that case it's like well sparkles being a tracer player you play sparkle tracer doha genji or does edison play tra you know what I mean? you, gotta, you gotta get in that territory yeah um if there is it's can what is it and who's playing it mm. maybe it is sojin again maybe it's not um I would also like I, I wish I caught this game live because I could have checked stats live. And if I check stats yeah. live, my hunch is that I don't think Kilo underperformed that badly. Cause people will I don't know die on the hill of like the one death sorry, the one kill on Coliseo. But that can happen a number of ways. For example, you can shoot and hit all your rails and maybe they're not headshots, which, you know, that's a separate discussion. It's like, sure. then again, rail headshots can be a bit RNG as well. Like, you aim for the head, and sometimes it's just, you know, you just don't. Um, you can land your rails, and if they're body shots, you know, spa, uh, proper dives in, he dashes and takes the kill. Mm -hmm. Somebody else just gets the kill. Like, that, that's just, that's pretty normal. So... I don't want to defend it too hard because, like, I don't know, a player like Lip you see on the same Colosseo map versus yeah. Sol, he's just fucking giga pounding, right? It's different. Yeah. Um, but I also don't think it's like crazy for a Sojourn player not to have like all the kills on the kill feed because it's pretty Definitely, easy for other yeah. players to KS you. I would only be really concerned if I checked the stats, which I can't do, but if I if I did have the stats in front of me and I checked it. And his other stats in terms of damage per 10. Yeah, all kind of line done, up with everybody else. Um, but... Deaths and all that kind of stuff. If his yeah. other stats were really fucking bad, then I'm like, okay, yeah, he he did not play well. Yeah. Um, but if he had like really good stats otherwise, and he just happened to not have a lot of final blows, then I'm like, yeah, he just got KS'd a lot. Like, that's just that's just how it works. So I don't know how far like I want to crucify him. I'm not going to crucify him at all, but I don't I think that maybe it's a little overblown. The whole like one kill thing. Um, yeah, definitely. It seems like Dallas like targeted him pretty hard as well. Yes, and just try to run him down. So you don't do so much when you're just kind of getting rolled by Dallas every fight. I don't know. Seems like yeah. this is this is where the team gap kind of comes in a little bit with Dallas setting the pace and being able to move forward, being able to get on top of San Francisco. Mm. And Shock not really being able to do the same as often to Dallas. Um, being the team that gets to initiate first, gets to dictate the pacing of the game. Super important in like a, a team-based meta like this. Yeah. So, yeah. final thoughts on the finals? Finals commentary? Uh, commentary in the finals? I mean, it was it was exciting. Again, uh, I'll kind of echo was the... Was it? It was a 4-0? Well, no, the game itself wasn't all that, like, good, but... Like hearing the casters cast that live with the live audience, seeing the players like it, it felt like Overwatch. It felt like the game that we all kind of fell in love with again. Felt like uh, a enough game of this, of Overwatch. Enough of this online shit. Like we need live events. People like this is what like connects people to this game. Uh, it heightens the experience even from like uh, an online viewer's perspective. Um, yeah. not to mention being in the stadium. So crowd um, noise. Yeah. I love that. So super, super underrated for sure. But yeah, the game was kind of poo. Um, you know, you you rightly kind of like I, I, I think it's correct to kind of temper the the criticism that Kilo's getting particularly. Um, 
but I will say it was it was a pretty bad underperformance. Like it was it was yeah. not a good day at the office for Kilo, oh, and that's there, to be expected there, sometimes. There's no world where I'm saying Kilo plays super well, sure, and it's yeah. not justified at all. <laughs> I think it's overblown, but yes, I do think yes. it's uh, it, look, it is justified, but it's definitely overblown. Like both yes, of those can be true. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So yeah, it uh, again, I I I I, I left Jotes again hoping that it's not necessarily continuing but uh as a final send-off to it um in the most boring meta um the most stale rigid whatever you want to call it um i i still leave the toronto venue as an online viewer hopeful for the future of this game because of because of what we saw on that stage even even in like a boring game where you kind of like write it off already like it still was good it was a good experience to view i don't know can I just say how blessed it is that the best part about the finals was that Dallas were kind enough to give us the lowest amount of exposure <laughs> to jokes as possible. Like, like sure. we, 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 they, they Very made moral. sure that we watched the, the smallest quantity of jokes as possible. And yeah. for that, Dallas, I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you, Dallas. Nice. For not making us suffer through more jokes than we have to. Very based. Also, people people are gonna call out Kilo and Colosseo and be like, "Why did he feed in that first fight? Why was he in the middle of nowhere?" I think he just kind of like you know he was trying to disengage. Maybe he just went the wrong way and he kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is a mistake, but it's you know it's one of those. I don't know. It's not good, but I also think it's it's not as like crazy bad as people are making it out to be. I'm defending him a lot here, but I'm just I just think like yeah, he didn't have a great performance. But uh, I think people are demonizing him a little too hard here. Um, also, let's talk about the fact that Shock now in two back-to-back finals go down 0-3 and are forced to be in a reverse sweep scenario. Now, versus Glads, they actually picked up two maps. Maybe should have gotten a third if they didn't see nine. Versus Dallas, they just get swept. Yeah. That's, uh, it, it's a problem that Shock has had since the kickoff clash like LAN environment where I believe it was against the justice where they go down, right? Like they're always like fighting back from being down. And I think like that, that is a problem to explore in a very like general analysis way that like is hard to pinpoint because it's throughout a variety of metas where you become off a very rigid one. It, it felt like this was also the case when it came to in season madness as well. And then obviously kickoff clash. Like this team just for whatever reason, like has to battle back in a series. And I just don't think that that's like sustainable in the long term. Like that's just not a good sign. Yeah, hard to do, especially under pressure. Second yeah. time being there in the finals, you're like, shit. We finally made it back in the finals. We don't have Glad mm-hmm. standing in the way. Uh, but now, oh shit, we can't get past Dallas. Damn yeah. So I, in that way, I wouldn't be surprised if Glad's kind of shoot up and like move Shock back down to like third rung of those like top three teams. Like it, it, it would not, wouldn't put it past the Gladiators to kind of have a meteoric end of season rise back up, um, be back in time, like yep. be back in time for playoffs, and then you know really start to you know add a lot of question marks to the Shock. It's uh, wouldn't put it past them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add one more. This is. I'm backtracking a little bit here, so bear with me. I'm going to add one more uh, little statement towards the whole MVP discussion. Not that I'm officially throwing my hat in the ring, even though like it sounds like I'm, I'm already there and it's a foregone conclusion. Trust me, I'm still going to 
white it out as long as I can. Um, for those that caught up with any CDL, which might not be anyone here, uh, but the CDL MVP, the regular season MVP of the CDL was Selium from the Atlanta phase. And Atlanta phase didn't win a single tournament that entire this entire year. And I believe they had like four tournaments before the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Atlanta phase came second place like three times out of those four tournaments. Uh, and so the, the league MVP was a player that didn't win a single fucking tournament this year. Just saying. For Call of Duty. It's not that uncommon. We had leave last year in the same sort of deal. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that goes. I don't think... Um, don't need a ring. If anything, I, I, I gotta say, like, Shock coming tw second twice in a row is still a pretty good achievement. Sure. So we'll see yeah. how it goes there. I, I, I do also wonder if Hanbin sort of enters a little late again because he was, like, kind of there early he on. He feels on the cusp, yeah. Then he was like he wasn't there for midseason. Now he's kind of back again. Now we'll see what happens. Like I, I even said it quite publicly. Like let's just wait to see what happens in Countdown Cup. Yeah. Right. Let's just see what the regular season games, how they go, the plans. Well, let's just see how they go first before we really lock into anybody. Um. Final thing I have to say about this final is just that yeah, I guess I'm just disappointed that Shock didn't yeah. look more competitive. I think uh, we all wanted to see Shock be more competitive than this. Yeah, uh, it'd be nice if they won a single map in the first three for for change in the finals. Um, but uh, yeah, Dallas were were too good. Dallas was simply too good this meta, and I made this comment on Twitter as well. It's like it's like we're back in twenty twenty one. Dallas win NA, Shanghai win APAC, yep. and same two teams from last year. The two horse race once again, and. It, it's so exciting that that's the case, and I know that like maybe people are fatigued when it comes to like this narrative, but just to know that like we're on the cusp of like this game hitting its like early access release, we're getting a hero like Kiriko, like eyes are going to be put back on this game, and we're having what it should be, um, one of the best rivalries. Uh, coming into playoffs, like reimagined once again. Definitely the best interregional rivalry. Yeah, the best interregional rivalry for sure. Like the content that can be made around that, like it's it's exactly what we need and what like season one didn't have because it was just so fresh. Right now we're in season five, if I can count. Um, and we have those like established narratives, those rivalries that like, yes, we have the, the winners of NA and the winners of APAC and they're colliding like they did in the past in this brand new game with all the eyes on it. I think we're 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 seeing some trajectories. We're seeing some trends. Mm -hmm. And I think we're 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 only going up. I'm, I'm I, I hate to sound very hopium or copium huffing, but um, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's an exciting end to jotes to, to, to line us up for the future. All right, well, I mentioned APAC. Let's dive in. Much smaller bracket. Um, we don't have to go through game by game, but uh, let's just sort of briefly touch up on what happened. So Guangzhou Charge came in. We'll just talk about the team by team, actually. That probably makes more sense. Guangzhou Charge, fourth place. Uh, didn't win a single map in their entire way through. They lose to Shanghai 0-3, lose to Fusion 0-3. I'll just say straight up that I don't... Um, yeah, I think they run their... This is one of those teams that, like... They run their course. They look good in the regular season. I don't think it's crazy that it leaves the two teams like this. Shanghai, clearly the best team in Asia. 
fusion, scary looking team on an upswing, MN3 looking like a beast. Uh, Charge were clearly the fourth best team here. They were the weakest team in this top four. They didn't win a single map. I don't even think that's crazy. I, I don't even think that's like an un, you know, unbelievable or unreasonable result. I think them going 0-6 is, you know, I don't want to sound mean, but uh, that's probably a, a correct result line. That's probably a correct, you know, uh, finishing scoreline for them. Yep. Sadly. It uh, doesn't get any more cut and dry than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. It, it is, like, I think you guys were higher on charge, if I recall correctly, right? Uh, I was. I can tell you that. Do you think they met, like met their threshold? I think you, like, if I recall correctly, you probably, probably would have had them above Philly, right? I had them beating Philly in the lower bracket. I had them losing very convincingly to Shanghai, beating Philly in a close game, and then getting Oliwopped. I can't so. remember what I had. I can't remember what I had. But I, I personally felt going into it, especially after looking at their Shanghai game, I'm like, no way, they're not being, they're not doing anything versus Fusion. Yeah. Because Fusion is looking really hot. They Fusion always have this kind of big upswing into a tournament mm -hmm. three times in a True. row now. Yeah. You know, I don't know what it is, but when as soon as Fusion get close to tournament, they get onto an upswing. They do come alive. Um, and when that happens, man, Charge got no shot. This just isn't going to happen. You know, on an individual level, Fusion are outskilling them. On a team level, they're outplaying them. Uh, I mean, the, the, some of the tragedies you saw from the Charge as well, it's just like, man, this is kind of embarrassing. The Midtown C9, oh, it was egregious. Yeah, They just stepped off. Jimmy and Choi just both simultaneously stepped off the card in OT and just... No, no pressure. No, no, like, you know, no input from Shanghai at all. Shanghai had nothing to do with it. Charles just literally stepped off. Like, I don't know what else to say. They just, they, they literally walked off like Youngjin walked off the card on Dorado all those years ago. Just fucking walked off. That's it. That's literally what happened. And then they lost. I don't think they would have won the map anyway, but like, no. man, they did not give themselves any, yeah. give themselves any favors. Yeah. That was blood curdling. Like, sheesh. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I it's it, it would Spark have delivered a better match here? Probably not. Spark oh. looked pretty tragic in this matter as well. Yeah. Um. By the way, I think I can't remember if I said this on the broadcast or not. I, I can't remember which one it is. I believe Fusion set a new record on Hollywood Attack. Really? Woof. Versus charge. Uh, no, don't get too excited. It wasn't the fastest record ever. It was the tight equals second fastest ever. So once again, Fusion, they can't fucking help themselves. They they even get second in that. Tied second ever, second ever fastest uh, time on Hollywood versus Jeez. the charge. It's gross. Like, what, what what do you do if you're the charge? You just you yeah. just you were just losing that hard. You were losing that fucking hard versus everybody. Yeah, I don't know. And Fusion were the clear third best team in this tournament as well. So it's not like it's not like Charge got unlucky in the in the draft uh, for for who they play against their opponents. I don't think they would have done. I, I think if they played Soul, it would have been a zero three. Yeah. So they they were just destined to go zero six here, no matter who they played. I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
very likely. It's it sucks that like APAC is like very it's it's getting like to a point where I think Shanghai eventually is just going to run away with this. And that's not to say that that's not to Seoul's detriment, because I think they are the only team that can kind of keep up with them. But it's like not the first time that we've seen Seoul kind of slow down, right? Like, yes, they they have a, you know, a star added to their banner. That's for sure. But then when you come into midseason, they kind of like slow down a little bit and this again felt like they started very strong and then they come into the tournament they go 3-2 as philly it's a close game like it, it, the gas seems to be oh, running a little empty and maybe that's because you know they don't have profit on dps i don't know hard to say but i, uh, I it feels no, like Shanghai's I, I don't buy that because stalker played well stalker was playing very 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 well sure so it's not like it's not like missing profit was the issue um i i just think the other team's caught up hmm so let's before we get into Seoul, let's talk about Fusion first. Fusion is one of those teams that caught up. So Fusion had um what is it back to back long ish series versus Seoul. Mm. Even um the regular season game I believe was pretty lengthy. If I check that again, yeah, regular season game was a five mapper versus Seoul. They lost. And then uh, tournament, they lose to Seoul in the upper bracket semis. They lose to Seoul again in the lower bracket finals. So it's three games in a row, they lose to Seoul. Back to back to back. Two of them went to Mat 5. So the, the last one went to a Mat 4. Uh, Fusion, we already talked about them just 3-0 the charge. Not too much fight from the charge there. And yeah, I mean, this is Fusion on an upswing, but still not quite catching up to Seoul. So Seoul is still the clear better team. But um, this time, at least, not by like an insane margin. You have to really credit Fusion, who did not look particularly strong coming into this meta. I believe their qualification process was like they nearly didn't make it. What was their record? Two and four. Yeah, they lost to like everybody. It was not close. Mm. Um, they lost to Chengdu three and zero, oh, and then they lost to Shanghai one and three. Actually, that's kind of you know, maybe expected. Uh, they who did they beat? Actually, it's, they beat Valiant. That was a three-two, by the way. They had to, they nearly lost that. They could have gone one-five. They were so close to going one-five. Mm -hmm. And who else did they beat? They beat Hangzhou in the last week. And Hangzhou, I mean, Hangzhou was checked out. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Hangzhou is a sad time. It is a bad time talking about Hangzhou. <laughs> oh, so it Philly, doesn't doesn't get much better. We'll wait till uh, wait till next week. So Philly beat like. Oh. Literally the bottom two teams. The, there were two teams that went one and five, and those are the two teams that Philly beat. And then they get past Chengdu via a tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh by one map. A differential of one map. Negative four versus negative five, literally. So yeah. that's how close the margins were. But I think they deserve this time around, they hundred percent deserve to be here. Yeah. They they also deserve to be there midseason considering Chengdu also started losing towards the end, whatever. And Fusion did the best out of the APAC teams in midseason. I give them that. That's totally deserved. So They've deserved it twice now, technically speaking. Uh, I mean, Chengdu, they've let it slip through their fingers twice now as well. This time, it's definitely 100% Chengdu. Last time, you could have argued, like, oh, yeah, but Fusion had the extra points, blah, blah, blah. This time, it's like, there's no excuses. Chengdu literally had the lead. They could have secured it. They just needed to not lose one. They just needed to win one of the last two games, which was versus Guangzhou and Valiant. They lost both. Mm. So uh, what can you do? So Fusion barely making it to tournament. They do. Yep. They look like the clear third best team here, which versus Seoul and Shanghai is always an achievement. 
and um, you know, look like they have a like have a very reasonable game versus Soul, like a very close game, really pushes Soul. Um, it's impressive by the, the Philadelphia Fusion. Honestly, MN3 is just looking phenomenal. He actually makes Zest look like a very average player. Mm. So, you know, I spend a bit of time defending Kilo, but at the same time, when you look at guys <laughs> like MN3 on the, the Soji, you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. So. It's a hero that has a lot of potential to, like, again, kind of take over games like we've been talking about. And it's like if you don't have somebody showing up on such a, a huge role for your team, such a big weapon, it's you're going to catch some flack. That's for sure. As much as he's getting uh, it's up, up for discussion. But yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. You need to have somebody yeah. impacting that weapon for sure. Also, I think soldiers force too much Fitz Ash. I do. I think Ash is just yeah. Related. I, I I can't agree more. Like it's it's not good Overwatch. As much as the Toronto fans will, will try and convince you because they're Stockholm syndromed, yeah. they'll try and convince you that Ash is the truth. It's them. I think it's she's, Houston. I think she's. I think she's good on some maps. I, yes, I don't think she's awful. One hundred percent. Like yeah. when, you, when you're trying to one trick her everywhere, that's a bit of a problem. Can't do that. And I feel like Fitz was like almost in that category. If Fitz was trying to do a Hisu here and just trying to one yeah. trick one hero. Yeah. Um. And you just didn't have the explosivity of the Sojin. Yep. You have a hero like that. That again, I hate to kick a dead horse. That can take over games. That can put you plus one. That like is a and just an inherent playmaker. Um. Or you have a hero that just kind of like has constant uptime in terms of like damage pressure, but like is a target. Like you are leaving yourself open to be very vulnerable. And like we have teams in the league that will punish you for doing so. It, it, it feels very clear, at least to me, that like you have like imp impactful players. So I don't really know what let fusion down here. It's like a little hard for me to quantify. Um, so at the end of the, actually no I do know why Stalker was fucking great yeah that's why Stalker was a fucking <laughs> disgustingly good player this is why I, I I will never buy no one can bring up like oh yeah it's because Prophet was on DB or something nope yeah. Stalker was a machine on this team mm -hmm. so that was not the that was not the problem unless sure. like unless Prophet has a better hit scan than Fitz and replaces Fitz that's not the problem yeah um, in fact I, I, I was gonna say I think Soul's supports were better than Fusion's but I don't think that's a hot take I think most uh, people agree yeah um, even profit like, on the brig. I take profit on the brig of aim god. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to see profit on the support again for the rest of the season because we're heading back into normal metas now. But yeah. So yeah, fusion. I I think they they didn't win in the support department. Uh, their DPSs were good. But Zest actually got outperformed by Stalker, which is kind of big. So despite M and three beating Fitz, that's only one player. I think Smurf and Fury traded pretty evenly. Um, I wasn't particularly super impressed by either player on the jungle queen if i'm gonna be honest with you so they just played okay. they were both just kind of even normal. neither player like super impressed me mm. um to me this was like the stalker versus mn3 kind of battle yeah if i was gonna if i was gonna really just simplify it into one matchup let me ask you this about philly i know that coming into this tournament one of the big prevailing like uh talking points was like the difference between like mn3 and carpe and like there just wasn't the oomph, the the impact that Carpe had when it came to the hitscan DPS. Do you think that narrative's kind of being put to bed now uh, with MN3 kind of being the bell cow uh, hitscan for, for Fusion? I think this would have been like 
a little better for this would have been a little bit more defensible for Carpe if M3 wasn't so good on the Sojin because right. the narrative at the time was okay, well, M3 is your sniper player, but when it comes to Sojin, Carpe is probably the better Sojin, right? He's had more game time on Sojin, he's been your normal Sojin player this year over M3. That's the guys that we had all been kind of working with. Then Emrithu just comes out on the Sojin and just infinitely looks better than Carpe. You're like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. So Carpe can't hide behind that one anymore. That, that just means m 3 is better on everything. Like, if m 3 is better on the Sojin, then the, the, there really isn't any heroes left where you're like, you should probably play Carpe here. Before anyone brings up Tracer, no, not even that. m 3 would clear. m 3 clears Carpe and Tracer as well, I promise you. Yeah. Not that any of them will play. Zest is your first choice for Tracer, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, but your second choice for Tracer is definitely m 3 so at this rate, I don't see... Unless there's a double hit scan where you bench Zest, I don't see a situation that Carpe comes back. Sadly. Yeah. Should not. I, I don't know what this team is doing because sometimes Carpe just comes back anyway and they shouldn't have played in the uh, early in the meta, meta right. based on what we've seen anyway. Um, but yeah. I agree. Um, so yeah, Fusion actually nearly get a reverse sweep versus... Um, Soul, but uh, couldn't quite get it there. I think Soul made some interesting choices as far as um, map choice goes because um, if I'm not mistaken. Soul Soul picked one of Philly's maps. If, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to figure out which one it was again. Yeah, Seoul actually picked New Queen Street versus Philly, which seemed like a mistake, and they lost that versus Philly as well. And then here's the crazy thing, and this is in the second Seoul Philly game in the final, in the actual uh, bracket. Philly picked Coliseo versus Seoul, despite being dumpstered by Seoul in the regular season game just two matches ago. And Jin just picks that versus Seoul, and then they just get dumpstered again. It's 58 meters, so 111, 111 meters. And Fusion just like. They, they C9'd a payload flip, the robot flip on the actual progress. I don't think that ended up being a huge deal, but it's still egregious, but didn't end up being the difference maker because Soul capped further anyway. But just stuff like that, I don't know. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really strange pick. I think Fusion could have taken that to five maps if it wasn't for the Coliseum pick. They should have gone back to... In my opinion, they should have gone back to New Queen Street. So, some mm. question. That's not the first time that Fusion have made... In my opinion, Paul, map map selection. I think I called them out for one of those in the season, season madness as well. Yeah. I was like, "What is this map choice they're doing? This is crazy." <laughs> um, let's talk about Soul then. They had three, just like the Philly yeah. games. They had three matches versus Shanghai in recent uh, recent matches. Qualify game versus Shanghai ended up being a 3-0. I think that was a bit disappointing, you know, mm. but it just kind of that at that point you're kind of shown how much of a monster lip is once again. Yeah, pulls out the Widowmaker and Gibraltar as well and just like kills everybody in the last fight. Is the better Sojin. I think this is another situation where Fitz is just playing second fiddle to lip again. That's been Fitz's entire career playing second fiddle to lip, and he can never he can never escape from that. He's always the second best Ash, the second best Widow, the second best Sombra, the second best anything that Lip plays that they both share. 
Um, and it's another 3 0 in the upper bracket game. And then finally a 4 and 2. Yeah, uh, again, I think that like Shanghai, while if if the meta forecast leads more closely towards what stage two kind of gave us, um, I have to wonder if maybe Shanghai, you know, maybe has to pump the brakes a little bit because I do think that while yes, like Lip has been an absolute stud, talk about a plus one player. Um, I don't know if you can like consistently just run who are you, right? Like when you don't have just a dedicated Genji meta, you have to put back in Flutter. And I'm going to be completely honest. I have not thought that he's had a great season thus far. I think Force he has his Genji. moments, but I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it might be, it might be that game plan and I'm not mad at it, but I don't know if, I don't know if we're going to see a title defense if that's the case, right? Like, We've got a couple meta gambles left to go. We've got, you know, some some cards left to flip. So uh, I I do think that Shanghai is running away with this, but it could be a little bit closer than maybe I'm giving them credit for. Maybe Fleta can get it together. I don't know. Hard to say. Soul has Soul has some 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 ground to keep up, and I think it it kind of comes down to fits, right? If I'm what I'm hearing is true, and, and I think this has been the case for a while, like you're saying. Like Fitz just isn't of the same caliber. Is that fair to say? When you look at somebody like a lip, you look at like M and three, when you look at like um happy, let's say, right? Like these these elite sojourn players, like Fitz just doesn't he, he, you know, he ever doesn't so feel often that. gets close to tasting elite status. But I feel like he does he does just barely sit outside the border. Yeah. He he sometimes gets close, like, man, Fitz is really playing out of his mind. And then you watch a game of lip, it's like, oh no, actually, this is what playing out of your mind looks like. Yeah. Oh, hang on a second. Let me just change my standard or what that is. I don't know. Like, Eric just highlighted like a pretty crazy status. Like, the last nine matches, Shanghai has only dropped three maps and two were during the final. So, in the last eight matches, they lost one map. That is. Yeah, the entire stage, the whole stage, they only lost. Uh, three maps total against and one in the regular season. Yeah, that's so they would have had a. I mean, I was joking they were going to go four zero in the finals as well and just have a golden stage, but a flawless stage. Uh, but you know they dropped three. I appreciate that this went to six maps. I think it's kind of hype. You know, I appreciate it went to six. Yeah, that Coliseum, by the way, was an insane map. That's that's one that's worth a rewatch. Mm -hmm. Um, Seoul Shanghai finals Coliseum was actually super tight. And that's actually, you know what, to, to Fitz's credit, that's the map that he popped the hell off. That's the map where you're like, okay, well, Fitz is, Fitz is controlled. He's in control currently. He shut down two Who Are You Blades in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Who Are You Pulls Blade, instantly deleted by Fitz, right? If Fitz doesn't hit those shots, I think, I think Sol don't win the map. Yeah. Simple as that. So, as much as I'm saying Fitz did not play as well a lip, that, that map he did, he did shine. Fitz definitely shined on Colosseo. Was a big, a big part of why Sol were still alive in the series at a two-two scoreline after four maps. Yep. Do you think that there's a like if you had to like staying with Sol for a moment? Is there any meta that you can kind of like draw up 
like the most ideal metaphor soul that like would put them back into like deep playoff, maybe even title contention. Like what's the yeah, ideal mid-season situation? Madness, mid-season Madness uh, was great for them. Okay. Because they had Prophet Tracer, Smurf on Winston, play full dive. They could rate a dive. Uh, they underperformed versus the NA teams, but sure. otherwise they were fan- like they were they were legitimately better than Shanghai in that meta. So let me pose mostly, you mostly because I think Flitter was not very good on Trace, whereas sure. Prophet is. Then is it are you of the opinion that like Soul maybe is either a lot closer or maybe even the favorite to kind of come out of Countdown Cup as like the top APEC team? Just in terms of like power Shanghai, not in terms of Shanghai, if Shanghai can't figure out their tank and who are you slash flitter situation, then maybe. Okay. At this point, I'm fully trusting Lip. Lip was also not amazing in midseason compared true, to him now. True, true. So, like, at this point, I'm, like, fully bought in for Lip. I think, like, if he keeps... And I think he will keep this up because we've seen him do this before. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, he's going to be the guy on the team that you have to be worried about. Mm. Um, true. I don't know. I think Soul Dynasty have a bounce back coming up because of a, a good meta for them coming back in. But also, I think a 2-4 loss in the finals is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, in a game where, like, I think the expectation was they were going to get 4-0, the fact that they got two maps when, you know, it looked like they were supposed to get 4-0, I think is a big achievement. Yeah. Mm. And like I said, like, they, the two maps they took away, which is the Control and the Coliseo, especially the Coliseo is, like, super well-earned, you know, extremely tight margins and, like, requiring very precise hero plays, which did occur for Soul to allow them to win. Uh, the second controller they actually C9 in one of the rounds, uh, downtown, I believe. It's a 99 to 99 fight. All 10 players are alive and the map's just over. They just didn't touch, which is how it is. So there was a C9 there for Soul, which is uh, Kek W. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh... The thing is, what I'm interested in with Soul is the whole flex support uh, switcher rule, right? Like, do you guys, how do you think Creative and Iris or Iris uh, match up? Uh, is this a, is this an upgrade for Soul? I th- I think the way that you kind of put it, I. I believe we've talked about this on the show before um i felt like avril had some thoughts here as well um that soul is getting a more flexible flex support across like the like the, the heroes that like we've seen and been like staple like flex support houston's, picks. houston's getting a better one trick yes houston's getting like a better like role player when it comes to like anna specifically and like creative's great at anna but like it's far and away his best hero. Um, so when you don't have that, it's 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 adding potency to Houston's gamble. But in terms of like one for one trades, it feels like Soul's getting the better end of the bargain, just baseline, right? They're getting a starter. They're getting somebody that's a little bit more flexible. They're getting somebody tested on a number of heroes throughout the you know the last few years, going all the way back to contenders. Um, I I would have to say Soul is is winning that trade a little bit. Yeah. I don't hate that. That's that's also one of the growth factors for me to mm-hmm. see like 
I mean, it depends on what kind of supports come back, right? Uh, sure. You got some BAP, of course, like, that's uh, Iris Playgrounds. Probably only one map. You're probably only playing that on circuit or yeah, an escort yeah. map. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll I'll keep my ear to the grounds if if it actually went back to full meta, uh, like C stage two meta, and everyone's also playing their own. By flavor. the way, just to finish off the Shanghai Soul discussion, you guys know how you know people harp on the uh, stat line of Kilo and get one kill in Colosseum. Let me let me bring forth the opposite stat line. Yeah, Lip on the final map of Circuit Royale only died one time. Oh goddamn! Jesus. Oh, whole map on one death. How many kills? Uh, and have? that one. Ah, oh, it's too many. Yeah. A fuck ton of kills. Um, and that one death was only because of the mandatory A point spawn camp that you have to do. And because they're committed to the spawn camp, everyone dies, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the only death. So if it wasn't for the spawn camp, he actually might have had zero deaths. Yeah. Or if, or if he played the spawn camp more selfishly, which he's not going to do because he's a team player as well. But if he played that more selfishly and backed out, he would have lived. But uh, he dies during the mandatory phase where you have to die because you're fully committed to a spawn camp. And aside from that, he just doesn't fucking die. It's just continually first blood shuts down soul like every turn. Destroy Stalker. Because here's the other thing. Talk about like Fitz controlling who are you and Coliseo, which by the way was only just one map. Lip was just doing that to Stalker the entire series. And when you shut down who I think at that stage was soul's best player in the final, which is Stalker. Best player in the entire tournament, I would say. Stalker's just been lights out for, for Sol that entire tournament stage. When Lip shuts that guy down, Sol have very few options they have to play through. Um, yeah. And the cherry on top is just, you know, the final fight where Void just gets a four-man rampage versus Smurfs like two. It's over. Yeah. Very over. Yeah. And they full held. I think, yeah, Shanghai full hold Sol and Sol... And Shanghai fully capped circuit, and then they full hold Seoul. So yeah, the last map was not close. That's the that's the four two, and I think Shanghai very clear. Despite losing two maps, we're very clearly still just the better team yeah, by yeah. far. Yeah. We will see. It's I think it's a it's a fun send off for Jotes. I don't think uh, I don't think anybody's upset. I'll say this: fun is charitable. Yeah, fun fun is charitable. That's fair. Um, I I would probably have liked Jotes a little bit more if like I had a way to like view the top down right like these these fights are just a little too hard to kind of conceptualize or like spot like differences um without like a top down like mini map view and I think if you got that I think I think if like. You it would be a little bit more interesting. If you require a mini-map to follow the action and for it sure. to be enjoyable, then the meta sure. has failed not already. Great. Yeah. Then you're already on the... It's like, you know... You're already on a pathway of just... you. If you even have to ask that question, that's kind of fucked. Yeah. Uh, for everything. Totally. All right. Final thoughts on Shanghai Seoul finals, the whole tournament stage, everything. Before we wrap up. Excited to see some more heroes. Excited to get out of a rigid meta it's not it's not overwatch when it's uh rigid so yeah, it's not overwatch oh. when you don't hear a swap yeah yeah also <laughs> i hope we get a rest of the season with a void meta because okay um 
I mean, you 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 saw that, Joe, right? Like that Void announced no. his retirement. Oh, I didn't catch that. Is yeah. this his last yeah. season? This yeah. is his last season. Uh, yeah. Damn, that's a that's an end of an era for sure. Yeah. Talk about somebody who won the. I, I gotta say, he's gone out on high. He he literally oh, wins the sure. stage as a starting player. Like I think you take that. Yeah. The thing is, is he finishing the season? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's finishing the season. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, like that's that's legitimately a guy that if you talk about goats of this game, you have yeah. to have him in consideration. He's sure. been doing it too long, has had too many trophies and like successes at any given point in his career, has been truly elite. Like you, you gotta think about Void in some way. Yep. Yep. Great. Absolute legend of the game. It'll be sad when uh, the season ends and we have to say goodbye to. I think, he, and he won't be the only one. I think there's more retirements yeah. from Shanghai incoming. Yeah, because uh, yeah. you're re you're kind of reaching the end of the contract period for a lot of these players. You know, sure. even if they're on, even if they're on one plus ones, two plus ones, whatever. Like that two to three year period is coming to an end because a lot of this roster was signed in 2020, right? Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> that two to three year period is uh, it's about to finish, which is really really sad because I think. Uh, now, what an insane run. It's not even finished yet. We don't even know what the full extent yeah. of this year's, the rest of this year is going to be. So, will they get another Void meta? It's hard to say, man, because I think you're going to run into the same problem with Fearless in your team. You know, you, when you're fighting your team, and we're getting back into Winston Ball, uh, Void is not going to be your starter. You just isn't. Yeah. So, both now, the, the, the unfortunately, the way the meta works is for the winning teams like Dallas and Shanghai, they have to answer the question of, like, how do they navigate the next meta which is probably the mid-season madness meta again they just go back to what they were doing in mid-season even though both the teams were not great in mid-season like what does that look like that's kind of scary for both teams despite winning yeah so yeah. we will see and you know what else uh we will also discuss next meta stuff we'll talk about the patch notes we'll talk about everything count no cup ready we're even going to talk about uh roster moves because that's something we didn't cover that today we didn't really have time to cover that so we'll talk about all of that um next episode which is coming really soon so on a normal episode time this is a this was a special recording just to make sure that we covered the summer showdown because i know we missed out so yeah thanks for hanging out this ended up being another long episode mm. it always is always has been ends to be always will be 262 see you later 263 next goodbye peace